Welcome back to Paradox Culture Podcast. We are so glad that you're here with us for episode number four of season four, four, four today. And uh, Philip, how you doing today? Doing good. I'm tired. Always living that baby life. Baby life. Tired baby life. <laughs> um, well, we got a great episode. I hope that uh, you guys enjoyed our last episode with uh, Pastor Brandon Roscoe and his testimony I thought was really cool, fun to do. Love hearing people's spiritual journey stories of how God has saved them and then how they are living their lives out for him. So I love those stories. I'd love to hear your story as an audience. We would love to get to know you better. So if you'd like to share that with us, we'd love to hear about it. And um, But just really enjoyed that that. Uh, opportunity to interview with Brandon. Uh, today we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the upcoming season and uh, where we're getting ready to head into as far as it goes with, you know, going into the holiday season. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, God, I cannot believe that we're almost to November and that is crazy to me to think that 2021 has just gone by so fast. I don't know if that's the way you feel out there, but that's the way I feel is it has been a like blink of a year. Um, so anyway, as always, we get to start with our warm up questions that everybody loves. We had a good one last week. Uh, this one, I think, is good as well. Um, so we'll see um, what you guys think out there. So ready, Philip? Ready for the warm up? Ready, ready, ready. Here we go. Staying in the theme of Woody Rathering. <laughs> okay. Would you rather not be able to take a shower for a month or not be able to brush your teeth for a month? Oh, gosh. No shower or no brushing my teeth for a month. Yeah, I'd have to go with the shower. Like no I'm shower? No shower. Oh. I did not expect you to say that. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's tough. I mean, like, I've gone, I've had to go a week before without a shower, like when I go camping and stuff. Um, You know, so, like, granted, you know, all of us are camping, so all of us are not taking showers. It's a little bit different situation. Right. But, like, I don't, I also don't have, like, very strong body odor, so... I don't think it would be too bad, but I've never gone. Oh, I'm uh, I'm sorry. I misunderstood your response. I thought you were saying I'd rather go a month without showering. Yes, that's what I thought you said. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't have very strong body odor, so I don't think it would be a problem. But I've never gone, obviously, longer than like four days without a shower. Four or five days. And that's while I'm camping, you know, so like honestly, the thing that bothers me most about like Like the reason I at least visually feel like I need to take a shower is my hair gets kind of greasy. <laughs> so like after like some people can wake up and like their hair is like looks OK, you know, like my hair just looks kind of greasy in the morning. You can wash your hair without taking a shower. Well, I feel like you're skirting around the situation <laughs> at that point. I, in my head, if I'm taking a shower, I'm washing my hair, I'm washing my body. Yeah, and I so mean. I'm in agreement. Like, there's no way I'm going a month without brushing my teeth. 
Yeah, that's a long time. I mean, that would be insane. Yeah, I mean, and and like for me, you know, like I don't know. I can like when my mouth feels gross, like it. Right. Yeah. It's no. crazy. And like just being an adult, I'm taking my oral health a little more seriously than like <laughs> when I was a kid, you know. I know my kids probably be like, oh, yeah. Brush well, I mean, you know, like as a kid, like you just don't think it's a big deal. Like you're just kind of like trying to hurry up and get it done, you know, and like, you know, no shade. But like my parents didn't really take us to the dentist that often that often. So it just was not something that like we did. And so now that I'm older, I'm like, you know, I mean, you know this, like over the last year, like I've had a lot of dental work done, like really <laughs> trying to get stuff. Like, and like, I don't have a lot of cavities. Like my teeth, they told me were fairly, you know, healthy. I had, I had to have a couple things done. Obviously I need to do some alignment stuff, but now I'm just like, like if I get up in the morning and like, or if I fell asleep and like didn't brush my teeth or something, just especially with the baby now, I'm just like so exhausted. But like if I wake up in the morning and I didn't brush my teeth the night before, I can, I'm just like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I need to brush my teeth three times this morning. Right. Cause I can, it just bothers the heck out of me. Yeah. I, and like I also I would I I would hate I would absolutely hate to find out that I'm somebody that like when someone talks to me they like walk away and they're like oh my gosh <laughs> that dude's breath is hot yeah instead after not taking a shower for months you're gonna be like oh my gosh I smelled that guy coming from a mile away yeah yeah I don't know man that's that's a tough one but I think I'd rather go a month without taking a shower. Yes, I am with you. Just for uh, sorry, I would not be concerned with how my body smelled. <laughs> I would just not be able to live with my own self if I did not brush my teeth. I, plus, I feel like a month is not too long. Like, well, Matthew McConaughey, you know, that's his thing now. What? Yeah, I'm not saying he doesn't take showers, but he like is all natural. Doesn't put on de- deodorant or anything. Really? Yeah, that's he's trying to bring that into style. What does that mean? Like, just no deodorant? Like yeah, just being, you know, natural, man. All right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right. Dude, that's weird. No, I didn't know that about <laughs> McConaughey. That's, I don't know. I feel like a month is not, like, um, I, f- I don't know. I feel like in a month I might not smell too bad. But I know my daily habits. Like, I'm a pretty clean person, you know? Like, I wear clean clothes. Like, if something's dirty, I don't wear it a second time. I'll go without socks before I would wear dirty socks. <laughs> you know, like, I don't like... like Paradise culture is getting real, folks. We're getting down and dirty. Like, if I feel gross, like, I'll take a shower before bed. Yeah. I'm with you. Like, yeah, I'm... But you're going to give that up and get in the bed gross for a whole month. Yeah, but see, here's my thing, like... I mean, shoot, you were with me in Africa. Yes. They lost my luggage, bro. I was <laughs> in a third world country for five days with one T-shirt. Yep. I would take showers, and thankfully one of the ladies on our trip brought some clothes from her son or somebody that was they were going to give away. And she was like, I think I got something that might fit you. And she did. And I, I slept in that shirt every night so that I didn't have to wear my disgusting but I wore the same pair of jeans, <laughs> the same T-shirt for five days yes. in a third world country. I can go a month here in the good old U.S. of A. Without a shower. Without a shower. I'm with you. I'm totally with you. 
I mean, it, it, that shirt was see-through <laughs> by the end of our trip. Uh, That's how gross that shirt was. It was pretty gross. I was scared to wash it. I thought it was going to fall apart. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so I think most people would be with us. I just think that most people cannot stand to have a grunge mouth. I need to have a real conversation with somebody who says they'd rather have... somebody. So somebody's thinking <coughs> on this podcast, they would be like, well, if you eat apples, apples are natural like toothbrush. Or if I chew gum, my breath would be fine. Yeah. That's nasty. <laughs> hey, you don't have to convince me. I, you know we're what? On the same, we're on the same side of this thing. I don't know, man. Maybe now. I'm, I'm thinking of... <laughs> I, don't know. I, I know we don't have time to talk about it, but... There are some other things to be done to help oral care that doesn't necessarily have to be brushing your teeth. Oh, here he goes. He's going to well, you didn't say flossing. Well, no, I meant like if you're saying brushing your teeth, I'm thinking no no mouthwash, no flossing, no brushing your teeth. You're but like you said, like if there are things like if I eat an apple and that kind of, you know, gets a little bit of scrub work going and <laughs> eat some uh get a t- you know, get a toothpick here and there, some Chew some gum? I, no, no. I still have to stick with the shower. Yeah. I'd just, rather go months without a shower than brush my teeth. Yeah. Both would be nasty. That's what I'll... I'll definitely come to that conclusion. Both would be very uncomfortable oh, yeah. things. Yeah, for sure. So. All right, audience. There it is. Coincidentally enough, I had to reschedule my dentist appointment to record this podcast. There you go. So it's getting rescheduled for next week, but... It's just a normal cleaning. But still, yeah. <coughs> That's how much he loves you, folks. <laughs> that I rescheduled my... That he rescheduled my just my so cleaning. he could bring the truth to the audience. Man, what a guy. What a <coughs> guy. But yeah, no, I think we'd love to hear you, audience, what you would rather do, whether you would go a month without a shower or a month without brushing your teeth. And I know, like, every would you rather question, we're going to think of different ways that go around the issue. But <laughs> it would be pretty gross either way. Um, all right, so that's the warm-up question. I always like to get us thinking about tough life issues as we get started. <laughs> Although, you tough know... Tough life issues. When you have been in uh, foreign countries, too, like, shower situation is not always the greatest either. Oh, yeah. So... I mean, it all depends, like, you know, kind of your setup. Like, I would say when we went to Africa, it was... Oh, yeah, it was fine. Yeah. But there's not always that. It's not always that mm, way. No. They have those Widowmaker shower heads. Have you heard of those? I'm sure you've experienced that. Don't touch that thing while it's on because it will electrocute you. Right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the electric heater. Yeah. It's shower. like the water comes out cold, but it passes through this thing that sits on the front outside the water and it electrifies it to a temperature so that it's warm when you take a shower. That's a real thing, and it's called the Widowmaker Shower. <laughs> and when I was in Guatemala, I was just like, say what? They're like, yeah, when you're washing your hair, be careful not to reach too high up. Don't touch it. It will electrocute you. <laughs> I was like, I'm just going to sit down and take a shower. <laughs> I'll just get cold. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to accidentally touch that thing and die <laughs> in Guatemala on a mission trip. Well, all right. So today, as I said, we're going to be talking about generosity, compassion, engagement um, as far as it comes to us as believers. And, you know, uh, Philip, during this time of year, like as we approach Thanksgiving, Christmas, uh, 
there seems to be this, I don't know, overall sense of cultural compassion, <clears throat> sometimes generosity, you know, during the holidays. Like, people seem to be more... Tis the season. Yeah. Uh, more, I guess, willing to participate in in those things. Um, more... I would even say more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, more aware of those opportunities. Like, they they do, they seek out opportunities to be engaged in being able to help people out and be generous, you know. Right. Which is great. That's all, you know, so, you know, we like to talk about paradoxes. And this is really not to talk about a paradox as much as that is a great thing. Um but, you know, one of the things as we get ready to roll into the season of compassion and generosity, I, I was, you know, thinking through this and I'm like, you know, I feel like sometimes we do that um, almost to make our, we do it for, we wouldn't say this out loud. No one would say this probably out loud to themselves, but like, hey, I'm going to do this to make myself feel good about myself. Yes. Like, I'm not doing this really for the person as much as I am just meeting their physical or need of hunger or or maybe they um, don't have enough um, funds to, to provide Christmas for their family, so I'm going to help step in on that. Um, but I think that sometimes that's not done with the... I think it's done with a sincere... Unsincere Sincere, sincere. There, I got it. Sincere. <laughs> I just spell it out. Hooked on phonics works for me. <laughs> um, sincere. Initial thought, but I think sometimes it is like, okay, I just want to, you know, I'm gonna do this because I think it's the right thing to do, or I think it makes me feel good to to engage. I mean, to be compassionate. But I feel like there's a lack of engagement. So I feel like in this season, people are generous more generous than normal people are more compassionate than normal but there's not this idea that i want to engage with that person on a personal level Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying like there's like a little bit of a yeah it's like here take my money don't take my time yeah some of that yeah like it's like a little bit of arm's length Mm -hmm. you know right compassion right and so as i'm thinking about this as we come up to the season. In fact, I uh, came across this uh, tweet from Bob Goff. Bob is an author, Christian author, written several books. Um, but this is what he tweeted the other day. It said, most of us spend our entire lives, that might be dramatic, but most of us spend our lives avoiding the people Jesus spent his whole ministry engaging. And I thought about that, like, huh, that is an interesting statement that he made <clears throat> i don't know if that's original with him but i started thinking is that true of me how do i live my life who am i engaging with my life and that word engaging really caught my attention mm-hmm. versus like you know and have you have you dove into the chosen uh series yet it's the way is that the TV show? Yeah, it's TV show, but it's like on YouTube. No, and I've not. I know. <laughs> Jesus, 
Philip hates the Jesus film, everybody. No, no, no. <laughs> okay, so Trent's saying that because I am not fond of Christian movies because they are corny and they are poorly made and lack plot and story. Anyways, that's that is not why. <laughs> there there is some theological issues with the chosen TV show. Oh really? There are that Obviously, we can talk about another time. Oh, I, I, that might be a great next episode. So i've I've watched a couple of, uh, I've watched a couple things on it. I've watched read a couple articles from some different um, pastors, and there are a couple things that I'm not one of those guys that like is like I won't watch it because right. But as it has become very rampant and popular, especially in our young adults ministry, I've tried not to be. Uh, You're not a proponent uh, of it. No. Well, I was about to promote it. You were? <laughs> you were? Yes. <laughs> yes. There are a lot of people that love the show, and I would say that I think overarching, it, it's it's meant to tell a story, and that is the purpose of the show, and so I understand that. The problem that I have seen with some of our young adults is that some are watching it, and they're taking it as scripture, gospel. I got you. I see. And they're like, oh, my gosh, like it just helps me understand. So I'm like, that's not the purpose. They're not understand the um, creative licensing that's going it's like, on. It's like Passion of the Christ. Like Everyone loved Passion of the Christ. Understand that it is is entertainment. It is there. There's mm-hmm. hyperbolic things that are happening in that. It is it's a movie, right? Right. The same as with the TV show. Yeah. The problem is that because the show goes into ways of – helping us understand the people that Jesus was with and spent time with, yeah. which is I'm assuming where you're going. That's with where this, I'm headed. Yeah. Right. That it gave a broader painting of the inner workings and daily life of time spent with Jesus. Uh huh. Right. And so the problem is <laughs> some people I'm having conversations with, they're like, did you know? And I'm like, that's not true. <laughs> well, <laughs> like that <laughs> it's a TV show. All right. So I've tried to be cautious of watching it while helping to communicate that. So if you go into the show understanding that, that it is a TV show, <laughs> right. That is not revealing secrets never before known before. Yes. Then I'm with you. I would say it's a great thing to watch to check out. Right. I'm I'm I Okay, will cool. Go that w- direction with it. That, well, that's good. That's <laughs> that's a good intro to what it is. I, yeah. I appreciate that. So, um anyway, the the <coughs> episode that so my family and we get together most Sunday nights, mm-hmm. and we watch one of the episodes. Right. And, yeah, it's funny. My kids aren't really, like, loving it. And I don't really understand why they don't like it. But, you know, that's a whole other I think it has probably more to do with you and your and Lacey <laughs> than it has to do with the show. Yeah, probably so. But, um, <laughs> They're teenagers. <laughs> yeah. Oh, come on. Yeah. I'd rather do something else. Yeah, but um, literally anything else. <laughs> They, they're funny, but I got distracted. But yeah, so in the last episode we watched, I think it's season two, episode three, I think it was. So in this episode, it it is depi- depicting the um, disciples mm-hmm. in a day in Samaria where he is healing people all day long, you know, uh, of all types of walks. Um, of, of life, you know, rich, poor, 
uh, Samaritans, Jews, non-Jews, you know, just different people coming to him. It doesn't really talk about who he's healing. Like, it doesn't show that part. It doesn't show the healing. What it does show is how the disciples, like, are toward the end of the day. You know, everybody's been helping the crowd, helping people, and they're all exhausted from ministry. <clears throat> and they're all sitting around this fire, and they're talking about, you know, what it meant to be, what their expectations of the Messiah were. And okay. kind of trying to figure out how does all this play into him uh rescuing the Jewish people over from the oppression of the Romans. You know, they're trying to kind of wrap their mind around that. Well, then in that same scenario, Mary, Jesus' mother shows up, you know, to bring food or I don't know, but she shows up at this and they're all sitting around the fire and they're talking through it. But one of the things I appreciated about it was it was giving some real perspective of, like even though they were followers of Jesus, they still had their pre-conceived ideas of what Jesus should be and what he wanted them to be. Right. You know, and how he engaged them and they engaged with him. And they told about their experience of how Jesus called them to follow him. And it was pretty cool to hear that part of it, you know. Um, and it just really showed the humanity of like sometimes I think we look at the disciples and we put them on this pedestal, right? But really showed their right. lack of understanding. Right, of course. Of Jesus' ministry. And why would he spend all day healing all these people? You know? Like he wouldn't even take a break to eat and all this, you know, kind of thing. So mm-hmm. I just thought that was kind of interesting as I read that, uh watched that and then and I saw that tweet about Jesus spent his whole life or a whole ministry engaging people. So it wasn't that Jesus just, you know, healed them from a distance. They talked about how he was engaging each person as that that person had value and meaning and and, and uh, importance. Mm-hmm. And so it got me to thinking, okay, so as we head into a season of compassion and a season of generosity, are we just going to be generous and compassionate? Are we willing to engage beyond just fixing a problem? Right. Or meeting a need, a physical need, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's challenging. I think that's hard. You know, sometimes I know that we give gifts or sponsor people that we will never meet. Right. Like Operation Christmas Child, amazing ministry. Mm-hmm. But most of us will never meet the recipient of the box that we pack. Right, of course. Uh, although Samaritan Purse has done a pretty good job of maybe making that possible. <coughs> right, yeah, of course. But my point being is, like, instead of just paying for per- turkey dinners, go serve the turkey dinner. Go to the homeless shelter. Sit down and eat it with them, you know. Maybe you invite someone you know whose family... Um, either doesn't have funds to have Thanksgiving or whatever, invite them to your house. You know, that's one of the things my parents have always modeled for us. Like we, they always invited families or other non-relatives to our house that Mm -hmm. they do Thanksgiving with us, you know? Um, And sometimes those people were in need and sometimes they weren't, but they were just 
had an open door policy. But it just, in thinking about this and this time of compassion, this, this season of generosity, let's go beyond just being nice. Right. You know, let's, let's engage people with the sake of hoping to share the gospel. Um, Galatians 6, 8 through 10 says this, um, For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary in doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have the opportunity, let us do good to everyone, especially those who are of the household of faith. So it just kind of like, as Scripture's telling us, like, don't grow, basically, you've heard this verse summed up, is don't grow weary of doing good. You know, um, <coughs> don't grow weary of engaging and being, or being compassionate, but also going beyond the compassion. Like, don't feel sorry for people. Engage them, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what, as you hear that, what does that word engage mean to you? How would you, like, respond to that? Like, if you're, like, hearing this <laughs> and you're like, what is he talking about? What does it mean to engage? Yeah, well, I think that, you know, a lot of times when I think of, you know, kind of the topic we're talking about of giving you know it's i think about like when you go to the grocery store right and inevitably there's someone standing outside and holding a sign something something's going on they want money Mm -hmm. and in our minds in our hearts like man you know what like i'm gonna give them something and we give them whatever we got right uh i got a couple dollars on me whatever i'm give it to them Good luck. Yeah. And we walk away. Right. Right. That would not be engaging. That is giving, being generous, right? And then there is really, right, maybe the scenario at the, at the grocery store is not the scenario to do this, but when someone needs something, right, and comes and asks for help, sitting down and understanding their story and what's going on and the hurt and like the things that they're going through, like that is engaging. Right. And I think that when you talk about the stories, um, in the Bible, um, (coughs) as far as Jesus, um, like engaging people, it's that it wasn't just like Jesus was like, okay, well, here's assistance, here's help. It was, let me express that I want to spend time, that I want to have relationship. That And so, you know, engaging in something requires more effort, requires a uh, intentionality that is not just... Oh, here's some here's something for you, and I'm out of here. See you later. So there's another level to it, I think. I think there's a level at which, when I talk about engagement, like seeing someone for being just like you, 
uh, a person that maybe doesn't have the social economic status that you might have. <coughs> right. But as a human who is in need of a savior. Right. You know, that needs Jesus. Yes, uh, you know, there's the um saying, I don't know who came up with it, but ba- basically uh hungry people don't have ears, meaning they don't hear you unless their physical needs are being made met, right. you know. <coughs> Here's for what ears for what the gospel to hear the gospel like to just walk up to a person on the street begging for money or in a a family that's down and out, you know, mm-hmm. just to hand them a track and say, hey, hope you find Jesus <coughs> is probably less, you know, doesn't find its value to them in the moment, you know. Right. But you providing a need, but then also asking the Holy Spirit to guide you in sharing the gospel in an engagement, mm-hmm. building a relationship, maybe, um, finding out more about that person, their life, where they're from, what they, what they're going through, you know, all those things, you know, I think is so much more rewarding than just coming by and just meeting the need with whatever they're asking for. Right. Um, one time I brought a bunch of students, this is when I was doing ministry, in Charlotte and um, student ministry, and we did like a, a mission trip to downtown Atlanta. And we worked with a guy there, uh, and for the life of me, I cannot remember his name. Um, but we worked with a guy that was doing homeless ministry in downtown Atlanta. And there's this park in downtown Atlanta that is known as Jurassic Park. It's where a lot of people hang out, you know. And one of the things he he said to me that's always stuck with me as we walked around that that weekend and and tried to engage people, like really sit down and have conversations with people versus just giving them something. Now, I, mind you, I have like 20 teenagers with me. Totally freaked them out, which was awesome. I loved every minute of it. <laughs> um, totally took them out of their comfort zones. You know, these are were, you know, good old kids from the suburbs of Charlotte, North Carolina, you know, just like some of our areas. But, uh, and they, to watch them engage with people and see people in their humanity, not their homelessness. Right. Was really cool. Mm. And one of the things that the missionary told me, he says a lot, you know, he, he pointed it out. Like there was a, a church van that came by and started pulled up to the homeless shelter in Atlanta and they, they started dishing out food, just handing out food, you know? Now I don't want to be ultra critical. I mean, I'm happy that this church had a heart for people that they wanted to make food. Right. But basically it was somebody just handing food out the back of a, a van. And then when they got done handing out the food, that was it. They were gone. Yeah. That was, yeah. There's no relationship there. It's just like, Here's some stuff. We'll see you later. Yeah, I was like, which he called it drive-by ministry. Which, to your point, like that is engaging on some point in some level, right? And again, but it's different than because I mean, truthfully, how many of us are driving around with a van full of soup doing that either, right? Exactly. Yeah. So I don't want to be uber critical. Right. Right. I was just what the missionary told me, who was in there every day, living his life, like he actually moved into that area with his family to be on mission 
down there, you right. know, uh, to, like I said, see, see people in their humanity, not their homelessness. And, you know, and he, he even went on to say that, you know, because of what the state does for food and things that people aren't, their greatest need is not f- being fed. Their greatest need is getting off the streets. Right. You know, um, but I just, that, that, that always stuck with me. Like, you know, yeah, that is, I see that, how that there's a, a disconnect with that. And it, it, it's doing ministry at an arm's length distance, you know, um, so really, I guess the whole point of this episode was I know we're about to head into the season and I wanted to kind of get our minds, myself included, not I'm really talking with you guys and the audience thinking through this myself, not saying I have it figured out or I do it right every time or even do it well at all. I'm just saying, man, what would it look like for us this season of compassion and generosity to actually engage people in real life conversations versus just providing physical and physical needs. Right. You know, how can we, how could we rethink the way we do this? Mm -hmm. You know, how could we really engage? I remember, um, another thing we used, I used to try to get my students to do in, in Gainesville was there was a, there was a shelter in Gainesville and we try to go there once a quarter with our students and, and really, like serve them food mm-hmm. and then sit down and eat with them. Right. And to hear the stories of their lives, where they've come from, you know, how they got where they're at. You know, some people, you know, of course, um, high Hispanic population. So it was sometimes challenging to understand them. They didn't speak fluent English, you know, but just they could, un- that they, understood that we weren't there just to feed them that day and it was cool to right. go back and see some you know well what well, i'll say it was cool to go back it was always great to go back but you would get to know some of the same people you'd see say some of the same faces and they'd be like hey i remember you from last time mm-hmm. you got to be on first name basis with some of them um my mom recommended me this book and um it's been a while since i've actually um read any of it but it's called oh god i'm gonna mess up the title but something that's similar to same same as me and uh it was a story of how a a man built a relationship with a homeless became befriended a homeless man Mm -hmm. and how he continually engaged this man to help him in every way he could but mostly also just building that humanity relationship with him for the hope of sharing the gospel with him not just throwing the gospel in his face and walking away not slapping a track on a you know a Thanksgiving turkey (laughs) you know or (laughs) yeah you know or whatever you might we might do you know I don't know so that's just something that was on my heart uh, as we were getting ready to record this episode something as I was thinking about man, we're coming into this this season again. And, you know, lots of people want to be generous. They want to do the right thing. But wanted to challenge our audience to think through it from the lens of like, okay, am I am I engaging this person? Mm-hmm. Well, and then beyond this season, right? Like, Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. January, sure. February, March. Like, that's, that's the other That's issue. the next challenge, right? Is like, yeah. 
hey, how do I take a time where I'm normally generous in giving and participating and doing some of these things and have a heart for this? And how do I begin to make that part of my everyday life? Because I think that being generous and giving is easier when it doesn't has to ha- have to happen as often. Yeah, when you it's know, not like when I don't feel like I'm when I feel like, you know what, I'm going to be like, that's why for the season, right? For these last two months of the year, I'm going to be thankful and I'm going to be thoughtful and I'm going to give right Christmas coming, giving gifts and, you know, giving my time and serving and doing things like. How does that go? Right. So how do we take it from just doing those things to engaging to making that more consistent in our everyday life? That's not just Christmas season. Well, it goes back. That's the next struggle. Yeah, I think it goes back, and uh, we mentioned this before. Um, you know, we've talked about even in our church. You know, our our mission statement is to love, uh, <coughs> live for God, exist for others, right? Mm-hmm. And to exist for others. What does that really look like? And that's based on you know the greatest commandment, Matthew twenty two, thirty seven through thirty nine, and just really like. You know, live it, love God with all your heart and soul and mind, and then love uh, love your neighbor as yourself. Like how are you loving your neighbor, mm-hmm. like in a regular rhythm of of discipline and discipleship. How are you doing that? You know, right. Um, and it may be that you're serving at a local food bank or a local place. You know, I know. Shout out to one of the ministries in our Gwinnett area is Streetwise. And then you've got the Southeast Co-op does a great job, right? And they're always asking for people to regularly serve, not just during the holidays, you know? Mm -hmm. Right, yeah, of course. Um, So as we implement that more in our life of being, of loving our neighbors, like how does that really look? And it definitely happens beyond Thanksgiving and Christmas. Um, But, hey, Thanksgiving, Christmas are coming up, so it's a great place to start. Start, exactly, exactly. Um, So, anyway, that's kind of the heart of where I wanted to challenge us today in our podcast episode. Uh, I I pray that we will all be more generous and that we will be all all more be compassionate, but with generosity and compassion, that we'll be engaging uh, with the thing that saves, uh, and that is the gospel. Because mm-hmm. while people may have a tough life, we want them to have a amazing eternity with Jesus. And um, so, I don't know. Hope that encouraged you. We'd love to hear back from you. Uh, Philip, tell them what they can do to follow along with us and how to get in hold of us. Yeah, so make sure you send anyone you know over to our Instagram page at Paradox Culture Podcast, uh, obviously on iTunes, Spotify, major platforms for um, podcasts would be great. Um, And then make sure you are engaging with us in the comments section uh, and also with uh, anyone that you are interacting with this season. Yeah, please uh, share and like. If you like this podcast, we want it to be valuable to you. Um, And if it's valuable to you and you enjoy it, uh, please share it with someone. And um, we love doing this, and so I hope that it can be a, a encouraging time for you as you listen to this podcast. So thanks for being a part of it. Thank you for listening and engaging. Philip, good job today, and uh, 
maybe you can go get those teeth fixed now. <laughs> and um, anyway, we'll be back next week with another episode. Our hope is to have a very special guest. As I told you at the beginning of the season, we're changing things up, and we got uh, um, our pastor. Hopefully, will be able to come on with us and to do our first apologetic episode. So uh, that's the hope. So stay tuned for that, and um, we'll see you next time. Take care.